Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Welcome back, mining community. Hope we're all well. So we have another episode, and today's guest is Jules Salamus, who's the president and CEO of Integ Resources, um, who are developing... Uh, uh, sorry, I'm going to stop that. <laughs> right. It's all right. I got my words muddled up there. <laughs> Welcome back, mining community. Hope we're all well. So we have another episode, and today's guest is Jules Salamus, who's the president and CEO of Integra Resources, there are development stage mining company focused on the exploration and debisking of past producing Delamar uh, gold silver project in Idaho, USA. Um, George has a geology background and over 30 years experience in the mining resources exploration industry um, and has been involved in over $2 billion of M&A transactions, either through assets, sales or involvement with Julian mining companies. Um, so he's going to tell us more about uh, Integral Resources and what the future holds for them moving forward. So that's welcome, George, to the podcast. How are you doing, George? Not too bad, Rob. How are you? Good morning or good evening, as it were, over there. Yeah, <laughs> good, good good, morning there. Good evening here. Um, so, yeah, I just wondered if you can give us a background about yourself. Uh, obviously, I just uh, mentioned that you've been obviously involved in the industry for over 30 years. So just wondered if you can give us a snapshot of your career um, from way back, way back when you entered the industry to sort of present day. Yeah, sure thing, Rob. So, yeah, for, as you mentioned, for all my sins, uh, I am a geologist by background. Um Started working in the uh, late 80s, early, early 90s uh, at a high-grade mining operation in, in northern Quebec and uh, learned a lot along the way. In fact, about half my career has been with the major mining companies and then sort of in the early 2000s uh, transitioned to the Wild West of junior mining development, as it were. And uh, it really enjoyed that far more than working for a big company. But the, the benefit of working for a big company, obviously, is you get to see a lot. You get to experience, you know, life at the at the face, so to speak, uh, mining, and um, so, so it's been a great ride. As you also mentioned, you know, I've been involved in uh, several M and A transactions, really focused on late stage development assets or assets that are shovel ready or or going into production, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. And so, you know, Integra Resources is no different from any of those ultimately. So. The Delamar Gold project that we acquired from Kinross uh, about four years ago uh, in southwestern Idaho is just one of those at very advanced stage asset past producer of gold and silver for a very long period of time. We're basically picking up where Kinross left off essentially, but this time, you know, using sort of techniques such as as heap leaching to get ourselves into cash flow and production. Okay. Um, one of you can give us, a, I suppose, a brief overview of uh, Integ Resources, obviously. Um, from when you purchased it from King Ross. Um, I don't know if you want to give us a little bit of the history of that um, or more presently since you've taken over. Yeah, sure thing, Rob. So when we acquired the project from Kinross, we had a sense that there was a lot that was left behind uh, gold and silver resources in what is now a, a 2P reserve. Um, but there was really no declared resource of any sort. Uh, it, it, this was one of those assets that was shut down 
in the late 1990s, early 2000s, when, you know, if you were in the business, that was, you know, literally nuclear winter for the mining business, right? Gold and silver prices were at all-time lows. Really, nobody was making any sort of, sort of margin at, at these mining operations. So it was shut down. Uh, but we knew that there was a lot left over. So we decided to acquire the project from Kinross and basically look at a different uh, approach, more of a phased approach, uh, starting off with a heap leach, low-cost heap leach, and then transitioning to, to milling the sulfide ores uh, on the project. Um, so there's actually a fair bit of infrastructure down there. As you can you know, imagine, this was an asset that was in production up until the year 2000. You know, roads, uh, power lines into sites, some site infrastructure, et cetera. So we're not starting from scratch by any means in, in this area. Um, from a permitting perspective, we think that there were, or we, we believed at the time of acquisition that there were a number of advantages to acquiring a past producing asset. Um, this is an area that was previously disturbed uh, from an environmental perspective, albeit reclaimed by Kinross, and they did a spectacular job at doing that. But really, sort of the, the, the notion that this was in production very recently, um, and we're about to you know, restart production, if you will, it, we believe will make permitting uh, far less complex. Um, there's, a, there's a community close by that used to basically house and staff um, the, the mining operation. That community is still there. They're still massively on side with gold and silver mining, that part of the world. They can't wait for this mining operation to restart because they know the economic benefits for the region. So it's got a lot going for it on that basis, Rob. Um, how is your uh, PFS set up, uh, set you apart from some of your other peers? Um, the cap the capex in particular seems quite ma um, manageable given the inflational um, inflationary environment that we're experiencing. Yeah. So, Rob, one, one of the things I mean, talking about the sort of my past career aspects, a couple of the things that that uh, I clued into earlier on working at at mining operations, and I learned it the easy way, and I also learned it the hard way. Uh, which is, you know, optionality uh, is is the miner's best friend. Having a number of different options available at at a company's disposal, in which they can proceed to develop an asset, it is is really key to not only longevity but survival of, a, of any mining operation. And so, what we showed in this PFS was a lot of optionality. So we can start low cost heap leaching uh, and you and scale up from there using cash flow from the heap leach to build this mill that we've that we've uh, forecasted in the PFS and that allows us to achieve a production rate of over 160,000 ounces of gold equivalent per year and extend a mine life out to 16 years um, what makes us really sort of different from some of our competitors anyway is is we don't have the need to build a really big expensive milling complex straight out of the gate to get us into cash flow um, we don't have to do that. Um, it's and that I think is especially important in this era of cost inflation that that's plaguing the entire resource industry right now. We've seen it on a number of projects. I believe we'll continue to see it for some time to come, um, and that's something that really doesn't affect us in any major way because we are scalable. We can start small and scale up depending on the sort of the environment that we're building in. Uh, when fully constructed, Delamar is going to be one of the larger gold producers in the U.S. and perhaps the second or third largest silver producer in the U.S. So, so pretty meaningful production from that end. Um, these these types of projects in Tier One jurisdictions like the U.S. are really rare. There are very few that are on their way way to permitting right now, and uh, we we have one of them with Delamar. How does the the, the phased approach allow you to be sort of optimistic in building the actual project? 
Yeah, it's, as I kind of touched on earlier, Rob, is this the optionality factor that really works to our advantage. So at the time of construction of the heap leach, which is not going to cost us a lot of money in terms of up, upfront capital to build, um, we can decide at that time whether whether the economics or inflation is, is too hard for us to justify going to phase two mill construction or not. Uh, we can delay that decision uh, for many years to, to build that second phase mill construction and nonetheless still remain very economic uh, with a pretty robust production profile. Having that kind of optionality is really key in this uh, in this inflationary environment, no question. Um, and how were you able to sort of better leverage silver in this study versus the, the PEA? Yeah, so this, this study relative to the PEA, the PFS relative to the PEA, recovers a lot more silver. And that's because we're looking at a much larger milling facility. And it's really that milling facility that, that processes and recovers both gold and silver that really specifically recovers a lot more silver than, than say, what we had in the, in the PEA study. And that's why there's really no apples to apples comparison between the PEA and the PFS. We're just looking at, at bigger scales of, of production. Uh, but specifically with respect to silver, you know, we'll be, I think we forecasted 35% or more of our total project revenue will come from silver. And that's a lot. That's a lot of silver that's going to be produced uh, annually there. And so we, this time around, we're far more geared to silver than, say, the PEA was. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you can just give us an overview of what mining is like in, in Idaho um, in terms of the jurisdiction. Obviously, many of our uh, listeners are from all over the world, um, from as far away as Australia, um, UK, Europe, Africa. Um, I just want to give us a, an overview of um, mining in Idaho and I suppose surrounding jurisdictions. Sure, sure can. So, I mean, in order to kind of properly frame Idaho as a mining jurisdiction, you, you have to go back actually, you know, 100 plus years uh, in time to a time in the late 1800s when, you know, really the state of Idaho was 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 really founded on you know, production of silver and gold and, and other minerals, obviously. But some of the largest gold rush, rushes outside of the California gold rush occurred in Idaho. In fact, in this specifically within this area of Delamar, or what we call the Silver City uh, District, and um, you know, really was the wild, wild west of of, of underground high grade mining at the time. Um, that transitioned into bulk tonnage, low grade mining, sort of in the late 1970s, mid 1970s, up until the years 2000, and it is currently ongoing. In fact, there's a lot of gold and silver that's produced in in uh, in Idaho. So you have a a well-ingrained mining culture in Idaho uh, that's used to seeing mining. Um, they know the benefits of mining, specifically in, in the county where we reside, Owyhee County. This is a county that knows a, a lot about mining. Um, it's witnessed mining for, you know, 100 plus years. So it's, they're no strangers to it. And they are they have been very welcoming, as a matter of fact, to us. Yeah. Um, and excuse my geology, but I believe um, surrounding states of Nevada, Arizona, I think. Um, yeah. How how is mining in those jurisdictions as well compared to um, Idaho and Utah? Yeah, that's an interesting point, Rob, because from a geological point of view, um, th this area, which is known as the Great Basin is, is host to a lot of gold production and a lot of silver production. The state of Nevada, I believe, is might be second or third largest jurisdiction uh, um, with respect to gold production in the world. 
And so Nevada on its own is a massive gold producer and a silver at times as a byproduct. Um, so this area of the Great Basin, which hosts this sort of um, this key geology, uh, tends to host these very large gold and silver mining operations. And, uh, you know, Nevada has that. Obviously, uh, this part of Idaho has that. Utah, parts of Utah have that. And so that's what we're looking at. This, so this, this propensity to create or generate these very large precious metal deposits, uh, which is what we have at Delamar with close to 5 million ounces of, of gold equivalent resources. Um, the PFS shows a very uh, robust project. Is there more upside that we can uh, look forward to? Oh, absolutely. So the, so the PFS that we put out obviously is a snapshot in time of what the project looks like from an economic perspective. And the, the economics are actually fantastic. Um, but that's just a starting point we view uh, for the project. There's lots more upside to come, we believe, from uh, things like high-grade gold silver from uh, Florida Mountain Project, which is part of the overall Delamar project itself. You know, For the last three years, we've been drilling Florida Mountain at depth below what we propose as an open pit in the PFS. And we've been hitting these spectacular grades of gold and silver pretty consistently. We now have over 100 uh, intersects of high grade, uh, most of which are outside of the resource model currently. So there's upside from that. And then there's what I would call sort of operational uh, and processing recovery upside to this project. Um, we've done some test work with something called the Albion process, which is a pretty well-known process developed by Glencore. And that's showing great promise in terms of actually tuning up and raising significantly the gold and silver recoveries um, from the sulfide specifically at Delamar. So there's a lot of up upside potential, both from an exploration perspective and from a future processing perspective as well. Um, and with our obviously listeners listening from all over the world, um, why would they potentially invest or even follow Integral Resources? What, what I suppose are the key, key points about the company or USPs about the company um, and obviously looking, looking into the future? Yeah, I you know for from my perspective, and and this is how I tend to invest, Rob. I I kind of look at two things: um, the management team um, that's backing these these advanced assets that's going to eventually go into production or sell the asset to somebody else who's going to build it, and you know the Integra Resources team is a team that's you know well tuned to that. Certainly, our last success that we had selling uh, Integra Gold, which was a predecessor company uh, to the tune of $600 million to Eldorado Gold. And now they're happily mining gold in Northern Quebec on something that we were you know, about to, to go into production on. Um, it's that track record where I think speaks for itself. We've done it before, we're gonna do it again aspect, and that's how I tend to invest. And in addition to that, I tend to invest in what I call tier one jurisdictions. Um, where there are advanced assets. In other words, low risk uh, jurisdictions, um, low political risk, a good rule of law, which is what the Western US certainly has a lot of. Um, and you know, a mature district that has proven itself to have produced a lot of gold and silver in the, in the past. That's how I tend to invest, Rob. And you know, that's what I believe the investing public is looking for. Low risk jurisdiction, very large asset, in our case, 5 million ounces of gold equivalent, pretty close and a good rule of law uh, in a tier one jurisdiction. Yeah. And I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about the management team that you have there. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I mean, we've we've got a great mix of uh, senior executives who have built mines before, uh, who have 
built and operated, um, successfully operated mining uh, of gold and silver assets around the world. Uh, you forget about me. I mean, we've got uh, Max Baker, who is our VP Exploration, uh, really known as a guru of what we call these low sulfidation epithermal deposits. He's worked on a lot of the really big ones around the world. So he knows what they look like and he knows how to find them. Um, Andre St. Germain, uh, our, our uh, CFO, uh, Andre is a, a real rock star when it comes to gold and silver production, uh, really well known in the business for really managing a typed ship. In fact, she's worked at operations herself before. And really, that's the flavor of, of our entire crew. Like, I wouldn't be here today were it not for the likes of, you know, Josh Surface, uh, who's a real dynamo, uh, Mark Stockton, the same. You know, we've got these great. Uh, executives working for us, and uh, they've done it before. We're going to do it again. There's no question. Yeah. Um, and as a conclusion, what's the outlook for the next sort of 12 to 12 to 18 months um, in terms of obviously moving things forward? Yeah. So, so Rob, as I mentioned, you know, before the, the the PFS or the declaration of the PFS, if you will, showing these great economics on on a project um, is by far the end of the story. I mean, there's far more exploration upside to be to be fleshed out. We'll be talking soon about Florida Mountain and some results to come from there and maybe some some permitting news from there, uh, some more exploration to be done, generally speaking, on, in different areas such as Sul Sullivan Gulch, uh, the Black Sheep area uh, as well. Uh, in addition to that, more MET study work and specifically what I discussed earlier, which is the Albion Gencore, Glencore uh, process. Um, you know, really looking at enhancing gold and silver recoveries there. And of course, you know, we're moving into a pretty heavy duty permitting phase for the project, which really kicks into gear right now with the commencement of the plan of operations study, uh, which is ongoing. So lots on the go. Really, the PFS is just a snapshot in time what is going to be a great gold and silver project. Yeah, really appreciate your time, George, and good luck with the, the PFS. Um, if our audience wants to reach out to you, if they've got any questions, uh, how can they go about doing that? Um, are you across any sort of social media platforms? Yeah, for sure. So, so obviously, we've, we've got a pretty healthy uh, social media engagement um, team uh, that's, that's, that's got us all over the place. I think the, the easiest place to get us, Rob, would be go to the website. And this is a key thing. We've got this great feature. We use this great tool called Verify, which allows us to kind of present data in a 3D manner um, very concisely. It's, it's a very slick tool. Uh, there's a, there's a schedule a meeting function on our website. So if we have a, any investor or potential investor wants more information, they can go straight to our website, uh, schedule a meeting, and we'll take them through the entire project and uh, hopefully make them new shareholders. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and we'll put that in the show notes accompany this, uh, your website so people can have easy access to that. Um, George, like I said, really appreciate your time. Good luck. Uh, this year um, if you want to come on the show next year with an update more than welcome um, and those that are listening um, appreciate your continued support and please share this episode uh, amongst your friends family colleagues ex-colleagues from around the world um, it's good to hear um, we, we, I suppose on this show we don't have too many um, too many companies that are uh, mining in the US so um, really appreciate if you can um, share this episode amongst all people that you know around the world. So until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.